Hey there, who wants to be more blessed? I do. This is the Something to Bless podcast. And on this show, we are going to talk all things faith, mindset, and behaviors. If I'm speaking your language, stick around. If we want to be more blessed, we got to give God something to work with. And I'm going to help you to do just that. Let's get into it. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Barbara Gian at barbaragian.com. I hope you guys are all doing amazing. And I wanted to share something that happened recently through my church. It was an opportunity to sponsor a child from a different country. And normally I'm skeptical of these organizations that have these opportunities. I'm actually leery of a lot of organizations to be really honest with you. I love, there's a hospital, you've, I'm sure you've seen the commercials, St. Jude's. I know that's, that's one that I trust and in and out, anytime they're doing anything, I always support them because I do believe in them, their causes and their just charitable history, I guess you can say, but yeah, I'm always cautious. So this was on Easter. Our church at the end of service had a man come up and share his story as the recipient of being sponsored by somebody here in the States. And he told his entire story. And it was a beautiful story of how he was living in poverty in the Dominican Republic with his single mom and siblings. And this man through this organization, which by the way, the name of the organization is Compassion. So if anybody's interested in looking it up and seeing how you can be a part of it, you can go there. And how he got letters over many, many years from this one sponsor of his who lived in Florida. He knew his name. They developed a relationship over all those years. And when this kid then grew up, he was able to move to the States, get a really good job. He is now today the vice president of a large, well-known bank. They wouldn't tell us which one, but he's doing well in life. He's married. He's got five kids. And the special thing, what really grabbed my heart was that he connected with his sponsor in his teenage years, I believe it was. And since then, they have maintained the best relationship ever. There were photos that he shared with us. And they also, even beyond maintaining that relationship, they also served together for this organization that that he was sponsored by as a kid. And so he was there to speak on behalf of the organization and all the good that it does. And so after the service, outside, there were, you know, several tables set up with the photos and brief information summary of each child. And honestly, I felt kind of guilty if I, I didn't want to go looking at each table, like shopping for a child that didn't feel right to me. So I decided I was going to look at the little corner section of the table where I was standing and just whoever grabbed my heart first, that's who I was going to go with. And so it was this little boy, cute little baby boy, so cute. He's five and uh, he's from El Salvador. So I was like, perfect. My husband's Salvadorian. Let's do this. I have a new little baby, a new little chico. So I, we feel like we adopted a kid, but we're just sponsoring him. But it's going to be so special because I'll develop this relationship through letters, which you know, I love writing. So I'll be all over that one. And They give you a nice quality photo of the child on the pamphlet, but it's really nice quality. So I cut it out. I already framed it. I'm, I'm already, he's up on my fridge 
And a few days ago, a friend, a former coworker came by to pick something up and on our way out noticed this picture on my fridge. And she's like, oh my gosh, is this, you know, she made the connection that he was sponsored from the organization because she had just done the same thing. And so we were comparing notes and it was just the sweetest, cutest thing. So got a new, got a new little baby in the family. I'm loving it. All right. We are going to jump in. So last week we talked about what it looks like to be spiritually rich. So if you haven't heard that episode, you're either going to want to stop here and go listen to that first or listen to it after. But this one is meant to follow that one. Today we're talking about being financially rich, which is what most people think of when they hear the word rich, right? So I want to answer these few questions for you. What even qualifies as being rich in financial terms? What does being rich look like and feel like? And why should anyone even want to be rich? So I will start with the presence or absence of money is not an indicator of God's blessing in our life. We can be without money and be very blessed, or we can have money and be blessed. It works both ways, either way, but it's not an indicator all by itself that we are blessed by God. And there's a nice, I guess we'll call it a quote. I don't know if it's a poem, but it was written by a poet. But I love how she states um, the limitations of money. So let me read this to you. She writes, you can buy food, but not appetite. Medicine, but not health. Soft beds, but not sleep. Knowledge, but not wisdom. Glitter, but not beauty. Splendor, but not warmth. Fun, but not joy. Acquaintances, but not friends. Servants, but not faithfulness. And I love this. I think that is a poem. I don't know. Either way, I love her words. Because you can buy all these things with monetary wealth, right? But if you think back to what we discussed on the last episode about spiritual wealth, those have to be in order first. If they're not you are empty on the inside, right? So we can call that poor, poor in spirit. And then one verse I want to share with you before we jump in comes from Genesis 1 And this is me kind of making my case for the fact that God does want us to be blessed uh, in our resources. And um, it says God and God blessed them speaking of Adam and Eve. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. And we're all put here to be fruitful and to multiply, including with our finances. All right, so let's start with my story. I did not grow up rich, still not rich today, but I will be. But I didn't really ever think about money. We were too busy having fun as kids. We were just always outside enjoying life. And it didn't become a thought or a concern until I got a little bit older. I would say definitely all of my teenage years and a heightened awareness probably started around 12 or so around middle school, I think is when, especially at that age, there's more concern around the clothes that you're wearing and the impressions that you're making with your friends and that kind of thing. And so definitely came into awareness around that age. And 
although we moved a lot and always had different people that we became friends with or, you know, made connections with, while I did not have money, I got to meet and become friends with a handful of people who did. And so I had exposure and I had ideas about those exposures. I would remember this one friend in particular, Leslie was her name. I think she was Tongan. I always remember that. Um, she had a really nice home and, and anytime anybody either had a nice home or dressed well or seemed to get things easily, I remember having thoughts of they have money and I don't, but I never, I don't remember feeling jealousy or, you know, really too bad about myself, just kind of making that distinguishment and, and realizing the difference. Um, when I was a teenager, it just got harder. It got harder and harder because as I said, you're just more aware of your status compared to others. In high school, it seemed like most of the people that I was associated with or hanging out, they had money. And I remember one year, I don't, I think I was a sophomore or a junior. Um, I had to borrow a dress to go to a prom and I was so embarrassed about that, but I had to do it because I did not have money for a dress. And it's funny because nowadays the kids just, they exchange and borrow and they don't even think twice. It's, they like to do that. So my daughter was doing that I, sometime during her early high school years. And I was, I remember thinking like, you do, she does not have to do that. And I told her, we can buy you. And she just, no, we're, we, this is normal. Like they, that's what they do. The kids just exchange clothes and it's not a big deal. But for me it was because it wasn't even, I mean, it was a choice obviously, but it was really my only choice. So that's the way it was for me and stayed that way for many, many years. And thank goodness, no more, no longer. And I am here to make the case for all of us having more financial wealth or being rich. So if you look this up, I tried to like get a definition for what actually qualifies as being rich, but there is no single definition for that or qualifier because there's so many factors to consider, right? It depends on what your current bills are, your debt is, your income, your family size, where you live, all of these things factor into what qualifies as somebody being rich. But I guess you would know by your own finances, how much is cash flow? How much is your, what is your net overall net worth? These are different things to look at when considering whether you're rich or somebody is rich or not. But when you have an abundance of financial wealth and resource, it is such a good thing. It has to feel so good. It has to lead to feeling so much freedom in what you can or can't do or give. It leads to generosity, to pleasures. You get to enjoy whatever you want. You get to travel. That's something that I want to do for sure. I want to travel a lot more. I got to tell you a funny story. Okay, be honest now. Raise your hand if you look at the prices whenever you're ordering from a menu at a restaurant and you oftentimes will change your selection based on the price. Okay, my hand is raised because I used to do that. I 
have gotten so much better. So this is what happened. Several years ago, when this was my tendency all the time, I was out to eat with my sister Sophia and her husband Abe, and we were at Texas Roadhouse. And, you know, it was their treat, so I was just trying to be considerate, but also stuck in my habit of doing this, looking at the price and then deciding from there whether I was going to get that or something else. So I didn't, I, I forget what I was going to order to begin with, but I was like, oh, feeling like it might be a little too much. So I ended up choosing something that Texas Roadhouse still has on the menu today called Roadkill. And they didn't know until the server came and took our orders what I ordered. And when I said Roadkill, even the waiter looked at me like, are you sure? Like, why is that even on the menu, honestly? And I remember them laughing like, roadkill, and they're making a big joke of it. Like, what are you ordering? What is that? And so I forget what ended up happening, but I <laughs> ended up ordering what I really wanted because they convinced me. But that was something I did for so many years, changing what I really wanted based on like a difference of 5 or $10. It's so pathetic that we do that, right? We deny ourselves what we really want for a few bucks. It is so not worth it. And I don't do that anymore. And I just by what I choose to eat, I don't often order the most expensive thing anyway, but I get what I want regardless of the price. So uh, my kids do that too. And sometimes I'm like, calm down over there, but they, I'm glad that they feel comfortable to go with what they really want and they eat it all. And if they don't, they eat their leftovers. So there. And while we're on the topic, you guys, my daughter is a server at a restaurant and I can't tell you how many times she shares stories of people not tipping at all or tipping really poorly and they do so much work. So let's tip our waiters, our servers. They they work so hard and I, I love to do that also. We love to leave generous tips, even if the service wasn't the best because as my daughter has taught me. There's a lot of times where it's just out of their control, where they are just so overwhelmed and swamped and limited in what they can do as servers. And so sometimes, you know, there's delay and and they they pay for it with people who choose not to tip. So just wanted to throw that in there. All right. So as you can see, there's a lot of there's a lot of good and benefit to having financial wealth. You can do so much. I know. And it's also true that whoever you are right now, however you manage your money right now, you will do the same when and if you become rich or if you have more. That's why you'll hear a lot of stories about people who win the lotto. The people who come from nothing or had no money before, most of the time will lose it all. Anybody who's given a large sum of money and doesn't have all of these good stewardship, good practices already in effect, they they lose it all. They don't have that money, that management, that discipline. So hopefully that's not you. And I'm sure it's not. So yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely welcome major financial abundance into my life. And I do believe that I have come to a place now where I am a an amazing steward and manager of my money. I mean, there are a couple of things I can get better at. But overall, I've come a long way and I'm proud of myself. And I do feel like I'm in a much better position to handle more and more as I go on. 
All right. I would like, oh, one thing I forgot to mention is you guys know that he's on TikTok. His name's Jimmy and he just gives money away left and right. And I know that in most of these cases, it's not like life changing because it's just serving an immediate need. Um, but it's just really special. And I just put, put that note here to share with anybody who wants to see this guy give away money. I love it. It's, makes you feel good. All right. I want to end with a quote and then a final thought. So here's the quote. It's by Mark Cuban. He says, I don't care what anyone says. Being rich is a good thing. I wish that was my quote because that's something I would say. And here's my final thought. So being financially wealthy is for all of us. How we think about money right now determines the experience that we'll have with it. When we see money as a means to an end and a tool for being abundant in our resources, experiences, generosity, power, freedom, and more, then we'll naturally have a healthy desire for more of it. It's out there for each and every one of us. And by not being more open to receiving it, we are denying ourselves and others of a multitude of blessings. So let's be rich together. There's somebody I follow who calls everybody in her community rich friends. So let's be rich friends. All right. That is it for today. I will see you again next week. Until then, be a blessing and be blessed. Hold up. Wait a minute. If you are ready to go from confusion and chaos to clarity and confidence, then you just might be the perfect fit for my mentorship. Learn more about my transformational coaching program by heading over to barbaraguian.com and book your free call today. Nothing changes if nothing changes, people. See you over there.